everybody welcome back to another episode we are here with uh i could even call him friend like a father <laughs> elijah ivanov is here with us so we got a good one for you guys today elijah how are you feeling uh man i'm feeling overwhelmed right now <laughs> already yeah not because of not because of like necessarily this but i was coming into it and getting wrecked in the car and i'm like lord what are you doing right now <laughs> that's what i'm talking Come about it's about what's happening before amen i'm excited that's that's how i'm feeling right now i'm excited for what god's gonna do i have no clue what he's gonna do but i feel like whatever it is gonna be it's gonna be special mm-hmm. so we talked earlier we said that want to talk a little bit about purpose maybe I'm going to that but we'll see where it goes Usually when we say we're going to talk about something, it ends up going. <laughs> Usually that's the one thing we're not going to talk about. Yeah. So just, yeah. guys, we're not even going to talk about purpose today. It's a good starting point. So let's talk about <laughs> striving then. <laughs> good topic. Yeah. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Israel, I know you don't have experience in that one, so we won't have you speak on that. Yeah. We'll have, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to have somebody that actually has experience talk on it. Um, Elijah, can you just like kind of introduce yourself? and? Um, yeah, definitely. We'll just hear your story a little bit and, and, and we'll dive in. Well, first and foremost, I, I'm a son of the, the living King. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My, that's my identity. That's who I am. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I have five kids. Hello. Lucas, Milana, Zach, Ellie, and Sammy. That's Enjoy being that. That's one of my favorite jobs. <laughs> Besides, working in construction and enjoying working with my hands. Mm-hmm. But I just love, I just love life. Mm-hmm. What can I say? That's, that's who I am. I think I enjoy life. And because I enjoy life, I get to do all these things. I don't know. I, I, I have a hard time. People ask me, what do you do? Who, who are you and what do you do for a living? I'm like, I don't know. I just, I get to have fun. Mm-hmm. What, <laughs> what I do doing that is, varies. <laughs> But that's who I am. That's mm-hmm. that's what I do. I I I guess I I, I classify as a myself as a construction worker in, in love with Jesus. Mm, that's proud good. of it. Yeah, I've I've actually heard stories where Uh-oh. you would be on the job. <laughs> yeah, I've already heard the stories. <laughs> I actually haven't heard it from you. I'd actually love to hear it from you about how you guys would be on job sites and people getting encountered by the Holy Spirit. And you're <laughs> hey, you're a framer, but you're out there building all sorts of other foundation in people's <laughs> lives too while you're at it. And just hearing all those stories of encounters. And yeah, I do know you as that person that just kind of wherever you are, you're just in this place of like, you're, no matter what, you're all, I feel like you're always just in the zone with the Holy Spirit and always like trying to be in tune with that. And how can you, maybe, maybe you could share a little bit on that because so many of us, I feel like we want that for our lives where we can um, walk with Holy Spirit, have him in every aspect of our life. And you being a construction worker, especially, how do you, how do you in your life, bring that in into your you know job it's it's a place of intentionality mm-hmm. at first i mean and, and that never leaves that that place of being intentional is always is always there and i guess the what what i can point it to is awareness mm-hmm. like i i intentionally want to be aware of him all the time I, I remember one point in my life when I when I started, you know, like I was I grew up a Christian, but at one point in my life I started finding out about the kingdom. I started learning about the kingdom, and I was like, "Whoa, this is crazy! What is this?" You know. 
And I remember just learning about him, learning about the kingdom. I started being intentional. Like I would honestly wake up every morning and I'm like, I purposed, Lord, I want to wake up every morning. And the first thing on my mind is I want to have you on my mind. Mm -hmm. I want to think about you. So to help me in that, every morning I would set one specific song Mm. on my playlist that I would start off my morning with. And it, at first it was just like a, a song that just like, okay, it got me into like just thinking about him and like, but then it was, it got to such a place where as soon as I heard even like the beginning notes of it, right. it, it like, boom, and I'm there. It, it would literally take me in. Mm-hmm. And the song is uh, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. It's an oldie. It's yeah. like, I don't even, I can't even date it. Probably at least 60s, 70s probably. Mm. But it would literally make my mind so aware of him that I would, it does, I would have encounters with him driving to work on my truck before I got to the job. Wow. Sometimes I'd have a hard time getting out of the truck and I'm supposed to meet with this customer and I'm a wreck. And it got to such a degree where I remember I was living in Washougal at the point and I'm driving to Portland to remodel a house, to work on a remodel that we're working on at the time. And I'm driving on 205 bridge and I have to pull over and I'm like, I can't pull over right now because my hands and my feet are numb. And I'm like, you know, you know, it's like, I'm not, I never looked for that, mm-hmm. but it, it just came. Right. And it was like, I knew it was him. I, it was to a degree where I, it was like my hands were, and, and feet were like buzzing. And then after that, it, like they'd go numb. So I'd have to grab my steering wheel with whatever I could feel like the upper part of my ha- arm and like pulled over to the side and just sit there. And I'm just being wrecked by God. And all it was, was it wasn't an, like a crazy worship sesh in a, you know what I mean? Like a conference or something like that. Right. It was crazy to me. I'm like, God, you're doing this. Like, just cause I intentionally woke up and I just wanted you. I just wanted to acknowledge you. Right. And because I acknowledge you, I think he's like, that's the whole idea is people can go to a conference, still mm-hmm. miss that and still not acknowledge. Right. But if you do that when nobody's around, like I, I'm not here to impress anyone. It's mm-hmm. just me and my truck. But that was probably why it was so genuine. Mm-hmm. Was because I, I intentionally did it by myself, you know? When nobody's watching, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. You made a habit. Yeah. You made a habit to have a relationship with him. Right. That's so good. Right. And that's that's one place I I I, I put so much emphasis on that in that that personal time. And that's I mean, it, a lot of people can tell you that, like, hey. It, it all begins with intimacy. It all begins out of that place of what do you have with him? But I, I, I honestly think of it this way. Like I'm married with my wife. I can, I'm, I love her in the open. I, I, when I'm with people, I don't hide my emotions to a degree, you know, like, but, mm-hmm. but when my in, most intimate times with her are when I'm by myself. So that's the way I see it is like, man, why, why can I only be intimate with God when I'm, in a corporate setting when I'm mm-hmm. in a service or I'm in a, at a conference, mm-hmm. man, the most intimate time is when nobody's around. And right. like, I, I'm not even conscious mm-hmm. of anybody because they're not there. Like even the, even the slightest, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I've had those moments too at work construction also believe doing tile. I'm just in my little three by five yeah. space, putting tile yeah. headphones in and just, hour after hour just day in day out worship sets i've had yeah. moments where i'm also i'm like i'm like listening to reinhard Bonnke or i'm listening to 
to some worship set and i'm getting a camera i'm yeah. like i'm like in the shower crying and i hear like behind me i hear my boss sam i'm like oh <laughs> i like take off my headphones turn around there's like tears in my eyes she like looks at me like <laughs> well like what does this kid do like why is he crying i'm like what's up he's like you good yeah okay <laughs> she's like turn around i'm like i've had so many moments where i'm just like also i'm like i want to constantly be filling yeah. myself yeah. with with his voice i want to constantly fill myself with things that are of him i like so often people are like oh like why can't i listen to this like it's not bad i'm like i know like i but i don't even care to listen for that if it's not him i don't want it yeah like i just i want something that has holy spirit in it i want to fill myself with that every day of my life right so like construction is like headphones in like i make the choice every mm -hmm. day like day in and day out what am i going to fill myself with i want to be filled with these things that are going to edify me that are going to build my spirit man and not my soul right mm -hmm. like i need my spirit man to be filled not my flesh i don't want to satisfy my flesh with some cool beats i want to satisfy mm -hmm. my spirit that's longing to be with him more and more mm -hmm. yeah and like you said it's in i also like it was in those personal times that i encountered him the most where where I feel like he spoke so much into me or even planted so much seeds in me, so much vision in me, where it's just me and him. That's right. In those areas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it, those times, it, at first, maybe it might seem like it's a, like a, like I, I, it's a discipline, right? Mm -hmm. right. But, but then it becomes to such a degree where it's, it overtakes you. Yeah. And then you can't help yourself. It's your joy. It, uh, I work with my brother, Tim. And we actually talked about this openly, like, okay, we're making it, let's understand each other and let's understand how we, how we, cause we both like started, like, we just started going in after him like crazy because he started, he came and started working with me. At first it was my brother, Paul. And he's like, he started experiencing God when he wasn't like looking for him. And just because of that personal time with him and that relationship that I built, we'd be driving in the truck and he'd tell me later, he, he'd come home and. His wife calls me and she's like, what did you do to my husband? I'm like, I didn't do anything. He's crying. He doesn't, <laughs> he came home and, and he's like, I don't even know what's happening. And I'm like, well, that's not, has nothing to do with me. That's the Holy Spirit. And that's that. And then I remember as Tim, my brother came on to work with me and we would just drive and in the morning, turn on worship and same thing. He just started getting wrecked in the truck as I'm worshiping. I, I kind of like tune him out, not, not in a demeaning way, but it got to such a degree where both of us were so used to this that we would we actually talked about this like hey if if god's touching me like i'm walking away and you like you have to understand i'm not ignoring you right now mm -hmm. i need my time because there's a place where we both talked about it and i'm like i, I remember saying i don't want to miss that special touch like I'm, i can always be with him i can always mm -hmm. be in tune with him but then there's a, a special place where he's like touching him and 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 work is right here and I'm like, I don't want to miss that and make work or that moment more important. Mm. So we agreed, like he had times like that. I had times like that where it's like, okay, right now you don't touch him. Like that's, and I'd walk away. He walks away, whatever. It doesn't matter, you know? And it's, it's not like it's like that, like years on end, but it's always continuously there. Right. And I could say because of that, it was, it started touching not only us. It's, I, I started seeing that happen with our customers mm -hmm. it started overflowing on them subs mm -hmm. subcontractors who used to come in you said you mentioned foundation <laughs> we're doing yeah. a foundation actually we dug out this foundation and i formed in the forums uh, for a garage and 
we had this young, he looked probably like 27, 28 year old guy came in to pour uh, concrete for us. Well, he, he wasn't pouring the concrete for us. He was just pumping it. He had a pump truck and mm-hmm. uh, the guy showed up, they, they pumped all the concrete in and the whole time he was struggling, young, young guy, but he was just struggling. We could see it. And he was, uh, he was cussing up a storm the whole time. And <laughs> typical construction site. Right. It's, it's something that's expected. Right. Right. And I remember after he was done and he was kind of washing his stuff out, the, the concrete truck already left and he was just washing his pump out. And he, I remember coming up to him like, Hey bro, like what's going on with you? Like, like what's, you, you look like you're hurt. Cause you're wincing all every time you pick something up and he's like, Oh bro, you don't even understand. He's still like throwing bombs out there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I didn't phase me because I'm, there's a place that you grow to where you don't, that doesn't mean anything. Like God's not surprised by that. Mm-hmm. And I remember I'm like, Hey, do you mind if I pray for you right now? Cause I, I serve a God that literally heals. Like he, he wants to not maybe he wants to. And he was taken aback because he was, he's just been, you know, like releasing everything. And he just stands up and he's like, yeah, sure. He's like almost confused. And he's like, you mean right now? I'm like, yeah, right now. Let's go. And he's like, okay. So I put my hand on his back. I prayed. And literally as I'm praying, this guy starts crying like tears. I mean, you don't see this. Come on. Like, especially a guy like that. You see like a hardened like guy who's in construction, who's pumping concrete. And he's just standing there in the middle of the lot crying. And then he's like, I don't know what's going on with my body. This is crazy. He, he literally cleaned up and he just, he couldn't stop thanking us. And then he just turns around and like walks away. He, he couldn't like whatever was going on in his mind, he couldn't control it. Mm -hmm. And he's like, probably just a coping mechanism (laughs) was like, okay, I need to process this. I'm getting out. But it was, yeah, we have quite a few uh, encounters, encounters like that with, crane operators with customers here it's if you want to start it's a lot one person after another you guys are just a tag team out there Uh, i love how you said that this is something that kind of starts as a discipline until it becomes your joy can you can you go into that a bit because i feel like so many people today are like even afraid of the word like discipline yeah yeah like where right away it's like oh that's just striving oh there's that it's sure like can you go more in depth on that about how this is something that is a discipline until it becomes a joy for you yeah well and like even talking about this like the whole thing is you find purpose i found purpose in my life Mm -hmm. it it was it started as a discipline because i found uh a place where i found god is so good that i'm like i purpose in my heart because I grew up from childhood learning about him and not through, not through anybody's like, I, like I say, not in bad intentions, but I learned of God as like the strict guy who's like waiting to punish you, like just you mess up, right? When I found out about him in a different light, when I found out how good he is, I'm like, I purpose in my mind. And that's what I call discipline. And like, I, it's like a, no, I want to find out everything about this person. It's like mm-hmm. when I was, when I found, when I first, for the first time saw my wife before mm-hmm. she was my wife, it's that, oh my goodness, I want to know about this person. Mm-hmm. To somebody, it might be a discipline because they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to study this person. To the right person, it becomes that same discipline 
is like a tug on their heart and you can't keep them from that. Right. So I, I, there's both, there's truth to what you said. People can say discipline is like, oh, it's the law. It's this and this and this, you know, like striving. And there's truth to that, but to the right person, to the right heart, discipline is the most joyous thing in the world because to them, Mm -hmm. it's like, I've tasted something and I can't help myself. Right. It, it, that discipline goes out the window right away. But to somebody else, if they look from the side, they're like, oh, you're the most disciplined person in the world. Yeah, because I'm in love. I'm pursuing something. <laughs> yeah. I found out something about an entity or somebody, a God, especially one who I grew up like fearing. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, I'm finding out, oh my goodness, I can actually fall in love with him. Mm-hmm. And the, the fear that I used to have was is a different type of fear now. It's like, it's a reverence and an awe and like, mm. oh, I, I can't. The fear of being away from it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's that, I guess that's a, one of the best ways you can explain that is the fear of just like, oh, like a person you love, an entity you love, you can't, you're afraid to even hurt them, mm. which you, as, as I later find out you can't really hurt God. He's love. Love doesn't get hurt, but that's oh. another topic. Yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like, the joy that it, it it grows the more results that you begin to see too like w- when it's a discipline but then when you begin to see results like your brother his wife begins to see he's a transformed man and begins to change you see guys on the job set that were cussing now they experience something and now around you they're you know like they're a little bit more aware when you begin to see s- results like that it, it begins to it excites you now now you're like okay i see the results now and more and more it, it almost begins to like grow exponentially now you're like it's my joy and then it becomes your lifestyle and then you just become known as this person that right. like, hey, he walks with the Holy Spirit. Hey, he loves to hear the voice. He, he loves to be an answer to others. Right. And that, and what, what, it, what it actually did in my heart and I know in my brother's hearts who work with me is I started seeing, my, I used to, I, I have a construction company and I used to work in construction. Yes, I enjoyed it. I, I've enjoyed it since, since I was a young kid, you know? working in woodshop class in, in high school. And, but then it, it, when I started finding out about what avenue this opened up, construction became a place for me of just touching and having a place for other people to, be, to come into my life. And so I started waking up in the morning, not dreading what I was going to do sometimes at work, if it's raining or something, but I'm like, man, I'm going to another place and I'm going to meet another person mm-hmm. that gets a chance to get touched by Jesus. Mm. One, one of those instances was actually, uh, we were working in Northeast Portland, Hollywood district. And I remember the first day on the job we came and the contractor who hired me as a sub, I did a lot of the work, did the framing, did the siding, roofing on that one. He hired me to demolish the top of this house, the roof, com- cut it off completely. And we built another floor on it and, roofed it and everything but he was telling me he's like hey this lady's kind of like like really she has a couple kids she's very like protective and like she's very on edge so just it's people coming into their house and like i you have Mm -hmm. to understand that too right but i remember we were driving in and i'm pulling in with my truck and i my brother jumps out and he's backing me up into their driveway it's very narrow streets there and he pushes the flowers out of the way but she from her window looked like we ran over her roses Mm -hmm. and she came out she was whew you guys are, and as soon as you're like, like, no, 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 we didn't run him over. Like, Hey, we moved him out of the way. Kind of let me look like, it. and she's like, settle down. But throughout the process, as we started working there and every day as we'd come in and who we were, like just 
our countenance and us like we we started like talking to her little girls as we'd walk in and like treating them like like they're people you know mm-hmm. and i remember working and we like about a month into this job she's already she says man you guys there's something different about you like what is it and we start telling her like hey I, like we believe in jesus and that's mm-hmm. probably why we we never mentioned anything like that to her but our lives because we were like you don't try to be a christian you don't you're not like trying to evangelize your life becomes evangelistic to to such a degree where they ask why they're curious and then she's like what is different and i said well we believe in jesus we believe in, in a god who saves and she's like oh yeah me too and she's like well technically i'm catholic i don't really you know like i go like once or twice a year we go to like mass and on easter but all of a sudden you start seeing that like she starts like saying oh yeah yeah yeah, me too like yeah you know and it brought out a place in her where she says you know at first i was so like standoffish i'm like yeah like we didn't notice you know (laughs) (laughs) but she's like now you guys are like my brothers and honestly by the time we finished the job i remember when we 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 finished framing for them and we were supposed to pull out and for a month or so like other contractors would come in to do like finish work and stuff like that and then we'd come back and finish up and we were leaving and she was very pregnant at the time. I think she was supposed to have a, her baby like a week after we left mm. uh, the first time. And I just remember coming up to her and I said, hey, I called her by her name. I'm just not going to mention her. Hey, do you mind if I pray for you? Because she's been in this place. Like she's, she told us even throughout the process, I'm worried. And I have this child, kind of unexpected. And so I just prayed for her simple and like just blessed her. Even like her process of giving birth and like, how it's going to be at the hospital. And then we, we left. She, she told me then, she's like, I have never had a contractor pray for me. I'm like, well, there's always a first, I guess. We come back a month later. She comes out. She's literally hugging us. And she says, you guys are like my brothers. I've never had brothers, but you guys are like my brothers. You're welcome in my house anytime. And I'm like, man, what a difference it was from the first time we came. Mm-hmm. And she's literally brings out the baby. She asked us to bless the baby to pray for it. And it's like, whoa, all of a sudden, all these open doors where you, normally you wouldn't have that, mm-hmm. but through your life and through how you see, right. it opens up like that. Yeah. I love how you said that, like work is just for you, a, a, another meeting place right. for somebody. That's so good. I remember somebody was sharing like, why is it that when you go on a mission trip, you see so much results, you see so much stuff happening, but here back home, it seems like it's not. And he's like, well, because you're going out there on a mission with this expectation, like, I'm going to meet these people, we're going to do this, we're fire, like, we're going to be casting out demons, we're going to be doing so much stuff, like, there's this expectation, there's this, you know, you're going there with that intention. He's like, what if we had that mindset going to work in the morning? That's like, right. Hey, I'm, I'm going to class in the morning, but hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to speak life over this person, I'm going to be love to this person. When I'm going to Walmart to buy something, when I'm going to the store to get milk, like, is that my mindset? Yeah, I'm going to be taking care of my stuff, but hey, this is just another place for me to now be love right. towards these people. Now this is a place for me to be an answer to somebody. Like there's that verse that says we are a letter being read by That's all. Right. Everyone's looking at us and they're and like, what are they reading about my life today? What are they reading when I'm you know in class, when I'm at work, on the construction site? right? Like, Do I blend in with the world here or is there something a little different about me? Right. Because because I'm with somebody, right? Yeah. And that's, it, it, it gets into a place where people can sometimes say, well, if I'm not on a missions trip, if I'm not doing something out there, I'm really not doing God's work. Mm-hmm. And I remember I, I prayed about that because 
I was invited to a mission trip and I asked God, like, sincerely, I'm like, Lord, do you want me to go? And he told me this. He says, I want you to love the people closest to you first. Because when you can learn how to love them first, That's your so mission trip will be that much more when you go. Mm-hmm. It'll be that much more important, like powerful and strong. Because the way that he revealed it to me is I, if I go on a mission trip just to experience what it feels like loving the people, it's not really the fullness of love. Because when I come there, I get to experience it. I get to love on them. But I have none of that uh, sacrificial love of like, I'm not tied. I know in a week or two, I'm going to go home. In a month, I'm going to go home. And these people are going to stay there. As much as I loved on them, I'm not tied to them. Mm -hmm. But there's a place when there's people close to you. There's people around you all the time. If you aren't on a mission with them, if you don't have that sacrificial love Mm -hmm. and like, no, I purpose in my life to be love anywhere I go. You opened up that topic. Like you said, Mm -hmm. it's the love. Man, if I can't love the people the closest to me. Yeah. Um, it's only topical what I do out on a missions. Right. But if I'm on missions from the time I get up to the time I put my head on a pillow, nothing ever changed. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm going to love the people when I go to a different country. I'm going to love them the same way, in fact, deeper. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And there you start, a person starts finding purpose. I'm like, Lord, what's, like, what's my purpose? And my, he told me simply, he's like, love me, love people around mm-hmm. me. We we think that we all need to be on a stage or or doing something like extravagant for God. Man, loving your neighbor, loving that person who you're working for is extravagant mm-hmm. because nobody else will. Right. Because most likely, that customer that I work for will never set foot into a church. Most likely, mm-hmm. but if yeah. my life, which is my life, shines into there, goes into their sphere, and brings the light there, it's all over mm-hmm. because they start seeing that and they they're like something's different. So I guess how you can define purpose is we, well, it's, it's not like we're all striving for the same goal of, of having that, what my mission is, what, man, our mission is one, is to shine the light. Mm. What we, how we express it, each one of us is different. Mm-hmm. That's, in, in that saying, we can all have unity and brotherly love, but we all express it differently. So people don't have to say, well, you know what? I'm a little different. I'm going to, yeah, absolutely. That's the beauty of you. Yeah. But just shine. I don't care what you do. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you mop the floors. I don't care if you're a businessman. I don't care if yeah. you wash windows. Man, just shine. Mm, and so and in that, you find your purpose for life. And when you find that, man, nobody can take that away from you. Yeah. If you, let's say let's say you are a minute, your ministry. Somebody somebody gave you a position. Like you're in a church, and some you got a position in ministry. If you are shining anyway, anywhere you're at, let's. Let's say that position sometime goes away. Somebody's like, hey, we no longer need this position. Or we no longer want you to run this position. You're not taking a year off moping and saying, God, uh, who am I? What do I do? Mm -hmm. Nothing ever changes. Because that never identified you as a person. You're identified that he loved you. Mm -hmm. I'm not even identified in in me as a conscious to loving people. That doesn't even identify me. What identifies me is me being a son. That's a response. Yeah. And when you grow into that place, man, it's the most secure place. Yeah. Nobody owes me anything. Mm-hmm. You can't get failed on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, you, you lose that right. I guess I, I'm back. I'm here, guys, by the way. <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> uh, I just remember like we were talking about like the perspective and bringing up like a couple perspectives, like especially on spirit of excellence, because like 
behind spirit of excellence, there's love and compassion and like you're driven to like see God's hand on it, you know, through the spirit of excellence. And I remember like there were times in my life where, um, you know, I'm, I'm hungry to like ha- be excellent in all areas. And I'm realizing that like when I fall short, I feel like I'm no longer like living, living how I should be because of maybe like I'm not doing it as well as I should have done it. And changing my perspective, you know, going back and being like, well, it's not my spirit of excellence because my spirit of excellence, it'll fail on a daily basis. You know, that's what striving is. You know, that's what, you know, works are. But when it's his spirit of excellence and it's not yours, something in you takes over. Yeah. And I guess that's like where like it comes into like the renewing of our minds that he does on a daily basis with us, like of the old things, like. He has to make them new. Like things we're so, we get so used to, like he has to make them new again to you. And like, just like, we should always hold that first love in our life. But like, for whatever reason, along the way we lose it or we forget it. And it's because it needs to be made new again. It's the same love, Mm -hmm. you know, like the love never changed. Like the same spirit of excellence never changed. The same standard of generosity never changed, but like our perspective on it mm-hmm. just became old and we got used to it. Like I can get used to Sam in the office and be like, that's just Sam. Absolutely. And then I lose my way of loving him. You know, like there'll be days where like Christ renews my mind and I'm like, I can love on him and I can, you know, appreciate everything he does. But the moment Sam becomes old to me yeah. and uh, he becomes familiar, I can lose that love and that generosity, you know what I mean? Absolutely. There was a, there was a, you, you mentioned something uh, literally along the lines of that, that little, I believe Holy Spirit brought that up to my mind right now. One of the greatest lessons that I learned, I remember I was still single and we, we were doing something and I can't remember, my sister came along, my younger sister came along with me and I, the way I treated her, something, I don't know what, what, how I came about like this conversation, but I remember she said this one thing to me. She says, Elijah, I, I, I just want to say this, like the way you treat us as your siblings mm-hmm. and even specifically younger siblings and me, because you're used to me is the way you'll treat your wife because you'll get used to her. Because at first it's love. At wow. first it's, it's like, Ooh, like I want to do everything for this person. But through the daily, like mundane things, man, you're, you're just living, you're getting used to this, you know, all their ins and outs, you, you know, everything about the person. It's so easy to go into that place. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, Lord, I can start practicing right now yeah. at this moment, how I'm going to start treating my wife. And now I, I remember that literally, like I was, as a young guy that stuck with me so strong and I started changing even the way I treat them, I started purposing. That's the, again, it goes, goes back to the same, same word and that same, what it is, is like, I purposed in my life, Lord, I want to be able to treat my wife to such a degree where she doesn't become old. Like, you know what I mean? Not an age old, but it, you, I'm, I'm not getting used to her. Yeah. It's, it's fresh every day. Like what you said, like on another place is the spirit of excellence. Like I was meeting with a gentleman yesterday for, for lunch and we were just talking and, I don't know how we came about like talking about like this meeting and like, Hey, meeting with me and thank you so much. And I'm like, man, to what God's been teaching me is I have no pressure and I, and I have no 
uh, place in, in my heart where I'm striving to impress you. Mm. I'm not meeting you to give you this crazy revelation. The pressure's off because I'm here to love on you. And in that, why the pressure comes off is if somebody else can, from the side can say, well, okay, if you met with this person and you didn't bring them to a revelation or you didn't bring them to a place of repentance or you didn't do this, you failed. No. Where did we learn that? We learned that from the world because everything's like yeah. lines and standards and fruits and inspection and stuff like that. Last time I checked in the scripture, it says love never fails. The only time it fails, if it's, it fails to love. So if I come with a pers- uh, purpose in my heart to meet with another person, if I came there with one purpose to love on them, first of all, I can never fail them. I love on them and they know it because when it's from the heart, you can't lie. Mm-hmm. And there's no pressure on me. And when there's no pressure on me, all of a sudden, I'm such so much more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. When I'm not trying to think, okay, I have a, I have a, a notebook right in front of me. If I don't hit every single one of these, I'm, I failed. Yeah. I don't have to have a notebook in front right. of me because I love this person, because I love him. I'm so yeah. open. Holy Spirit, can, I'm in tune with him. I'm so mm-hmm. sensitive to him. Mm-hmm. I'm aware of him the whole time because yeah. right. love is the driving yeah. force. I guess like when I sometimes, I don't know, it kind of came up like, we think of thinking about love and um like there is no perfect like there's not like a gauge for like how perfectly you love somebody right. like love is simply love like there's not three people on the sideline <laughs> with like scorecards like oh that was like that was like a nine nine point nine like love moment right there yeah but like love is simply love yeah and i think uh like generosity like if we're talking about like working with people like the most generous thing you can do on a daily basis is not let that person get old to you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like coming to their level. Not that anyone's lower than Absolutely. anybody, but I think everybody's doing a different, is in a different place every day, not on like a, like a scale of like this person's doing more than this person, but like we're all like tackling a different problem in our day and we're all dealing with different levels of things. And the most like generous thing we can do is come down to the perspective or come up to the perspective of somebody and love on them in that place mm-hmm. of like, hey, like maybe they're new to work and it's like maybe they're asking like silly questions or they're having a tough time or they're frustrated and like realizing that and just being like and loving them in that in that place Absolutely. on a daily basis and not getting to a place where it's like, well, I loved you yesterday yeah. and the day before that and the day before that and the day before that. So like, I think I loved you enough. So like today, like I can be a little bit more coarse with you in my tone and how I treat you. And that's something where it's like, it's a daily, it's a daily renewal of your mind to be like, well, what I did yesterday is great, but like there's a new day in front of me. Yeah. And everyone has a new battle in front of them every single day, a new thing to conquer, a new thing to come against. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I'd love to love them in their moment today. Yeah. And like whatever comes tomorrow, well, as we, as we come to that yeah. moment, you yeah. know? What and, we're doing in the familiar and what we do in the everyday life is like the most clearest determining factor of, you know, who you are and like, are you truly loving or not? Yeah. It's so easy to plan up a mission trip and go out there and like, and do something like I said. But for me to be able to, you know, talk to somebody that I work with every single day, somebody that, you know, I'm going to see the next day, like on a mission trip, I've been on a couple of them. It's kind of like, I'm not going to see them tomorrow anyway. So I I could say like some 
really bold things and not worry about it because they, well they're not gonna see me anymore right <laughs> but at work it's more like ah uh, you, you know you kind of see them every day you're kind of like a little more careful but so the way that you're acting in the everyday life the way that you you know approach people the way that you are in the familiar that is like the most impressive like nobody's really impressed like oh they went on a mission trip right. oh that's cool but when you're at work and you're like hey can i pray yeah. for you everybody's like wait like he's actually doing that yeah. like that's actually impressive right in I'm your day-to-day life yeah it, i actually get really shocked like loving me once you know like it's amazing I, i'm all about that like if i got loved on by someone right. but love me every day of my life and i find that to be the most impressive thing about you mm-hmm. because something about that refreshes me you know like because Every time you love somebody, you give them a piece of the father and you're like, wow. So like, give me a piece of the father every day. And that impresses me. Absolutely. That encourages me. That shocks me. That wakes me up inside every day. It's like a, it's like a shot of caffeine in That's my right. life. You know, you go ahead with what you were going to say. No, it just, I, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, it humbles, humbles me to think about this sometimes is I, there's this saying in the world is hard to work with family. Uh-huh. but it's only that way because we choose to it's it's just, it's the same like mission mentality right like well if i deal with somebody who if i never have to see him or if i'm not close with them i can be a little bit different with them i can be harsher right. with your family you're stuck with your family you know mm-hmm. or even and, the opposite exactly like you could you get it's almost like you, selfishness in sure sense. yeah sure you can treat them however you want because you know like they're not they're exactly. your family you're stuck with them they're not going to leave you like like you know, like they'll get over it. Right, right. They're stuck with me. And there's a different place where you can you can change that around. And you're like, I don't have to be that way. Like, yeah. not that I'm like purposing to be better than someone else, but my I'm 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 not gauging myself on somebody else. I'm gauging myself, and I set a, a, a bar higher. And right. in doing that, I call, like uh, Israel. You said that that place. Like you meet somebody at a different place, and you have a chance to love on them. Well. You meet so many different people in, in any industry you work in, any job. It doesn't have to be construction. You hear conversations from their side and you can see their heart within the first couple of words they say sometimes. Just because you see how they say it. All, right there is where your purpose kicks in. Mm. You have the opportunity to call them to a higher place. You don't have to just be like, well, you know what? That's you and this is me. I'm going to, I'm going to, I choose to. No, you have in, in that place, you have an opportunity when you set a, a, a bars for somebody, not in a demeaning way, but you, you're like, yeah, I get what you're saying, but Hey, there's this perspective. Like, Hey, maybe this person did say something and they wronged you, but have you seen them? Have you looked in that? at them from a different point of view and when you set the bar higher for the people it's easy to set it lower they'll always live up to that but when you set the bar high to them for them they have a place to reach and they usually when when you set a bar a little higher for a person they'll try to reach for it and each time you you spend a little bit of time with them you call out the best in them and you pull the best and they'll they'll spend a, a week with you and all of a sudden they're like why is my life changing i'm different right now I could have just spent time saying whatever or not saying anything, just mm-hmm. judging you in my heart. Or I could spend that time with you and maybe changing your perspective a little bit by how how I yeah. see and think. And all of a sudden their bar is raised and yeah. they start thinking differently. And, and, and I started seeing that with working with my brothers. Like to me, like the most humbling thing, it, 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 I think about it sometimes and it just uh, overwhelms me. Like 
when my brothers ask me to, like, I married my brother Mike and his wife, and Tim right now asked me to do their wedding. And I'm like, why didn't you ask someone else who's not your family? Like, you know me and I know you. And that's the point. It humbles me that they know me and they still do that. I'm like, Lord, I don't deserve this. It's, it's something that you did where he entrusts me with doing that for him because he saw something in my life. Why? I don't know. But it's, it's, to me, it's the most honorable place when somebody closest to you can trust you with that. And I'm like, Lord, okay, I see your work in my life. I, I'm, not, I'm not, thank you for keeping me in that place of humility, but I'm just like, I'm in awe. Why? You know? Mm-hmm. And you don't notice that sometimes. It takes something like that to show, like I think God like shows you sometimes, like, hey, it's you don't don't give up. It's really it's really there. Mm-hmm. It's because mm-hmm. you you cannot see yourself sometimes, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's 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 interesting because we're we're talking about perspective, right? Yeah. And like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're talking about perspective, and I guess, man, well, I was gonna say something really important. Apparently not. <laughs> but <laughs> perspective is pretty important you just say right. that word and it's important guys perspective is important i was actually going to say that like because we're talking about like the first words someone says to us and like god like it's almost so obvious sometimes like who needs to be loved on the most mm-hmm. like we all we've all been in the situation like it's it's a condescending word but like we all know who karen is <laughs> we know who karen is and I guess like sometimes our initial reaction, mm-hmm. I've had it where it's sometimes that way and sometimes it's not that way. And it's my fault for doing that. But like her, like that cry of like complaining and and of anger is from a place of not feeling loved. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's right. And so I feel like sometimes when we're walking through our life, we see that and we're like, we take that as an opportunity for whatever reason to antagonize, you know? And I've seen it in the same way with like parents or family. Like you see that someone had a rough day or maybe I'm in office and I see that, you know, someone I'm working with is having a tough day and for whatever reason, you know, there's that cynical side uh, that you could have, you know, you don't have to choose to be that way, but you could, you could do it and you could give them more work to do. Yeah. Or you could put more on your parents' plates. Yeah. You know, or I can give, you know, Karen a hard time, you know, and antagonize her a little bit more. Maybe, you know, I, I decide like, hey, you know, telling me to put a mask on. And I'm like, no, I don't need to put my mask on. I have mm-hmm. I have rights like I don't need to like this is not a law. And like I can choose to that to do that. Or I can take that as an indication and be like, well, let me put it on. Let me come down to your perspective now and let me just like at least honor you and call you up. And maybe love on you, you know, so that way, because imagine if you meet someone and they're having a bad day and a worse day and they're treating you bad. What happens when you treat them bad and they get in a worse mood? What happens to the next 10 people they encounter? Exactly. What happens to the people who are having a bad day, too? And then, you know, this person comes to them and gives them a hard day, you know, a domino effect where like everything we do has a ripple effect on the people around us who will never meet. But like my my encounter, the way I treat an employee, a friend, a business owner, you know, the person at the cash register, that will ultimately ripple into the lives around them, Amen. you know, and 
you know, the, the, the last thing we need is more people to have worse days. You know, we actually need people to have better days. So that way they're ready to hear the gospel. That way they're ready to listen to you. And I, we had Alex on a couple of days. He's like, he's like, you know, people don't need to know how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. And, you know, how true is that? That like <laughs> this, this lady isn't going to listen to me if I don't care enough to put on a mask. Absolutely. What does she care about Jesus if I can't even, you know, come to her level and love on her? That's right. You know, I'm all about rights, but love is forfeiting our rights for the, for the sake of other people. Right. You know? It's not compromise. You know, we're not compromising our faith. It's it's looking deep at the deeper issue. It's seeing as a person react. And I, I love this story from the Bible about the, the Samaritan woman is because everybody else saw her as this. They out, they cast her out and she, because they, because they looked at her differently, treated her differently, they set the bar so low for her. She would even go in the heat of the day up the mountain, this mountain to go get draw water because she's hiding from something. And that's exact that same thing that mm-hmm. we would it would trigger somebody because somebody else sees that and like, oh yeah, that's right. You better go draw water separate from everybody else. And that Jesus same exact that thing. Yeah. What others would see as a problem or or, a, or 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 something that brought out in her, Jesus saw that and he says, because she's doing that, there's something in her heart. Mm-hmm. And that same problematic, like uh, to somebody, it might be an out- outburst. To somebody, it might be an angry word. To this woman, it was, I'm hiding from everybody and don't talk to me. I'm, I want to go by myself. Yeah, I'm sweaty and yeah, it's hot. It's, it's the Middle East. And Jesus is like, yeah, but there's a deeper issue. Mm-hmm. And he meets her there and he transforms her whole way of thinking, her heart and everything. I, I just, that story is amazing to such a degree where through her, Samaria gets to experience Jesus. Right. Wow. It was through her testimony. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. He said, this is your meeting place right here. That's right. He, he, he came into her level. He said, this in, is our In her place. worst. Yeah. Yes. I like that because like um, Jesus, like when he receives offerings, when he receives gifts from people, like he, he, when he was born, he received the king's reward, you know, like gift from the wise men, you know, yeah. like, so he knew wealth. He had a work. You know, like if the Bible talked about stewardship of your finances, I know he stewarded his finances well. I know that he had he had accumulated things. And it was interesting we were talking about that, like, did Jesus have money? Hmm. And I'd like to think that he would because the Bible talks about it so much. It's just that when he left to do his ministry, he forsake it all, like his name and everything, and he left it, you know? And I think that like a, a man, like a God who knows riches, like God is, God is a person who knows riches and wealth and amazing things like streets paved of gold in heaven, you know, like it's very, it's very loud. It's very, uh, wealthy. And I love that. Like his posture of his life, it, it receives people's gifts so well, Mm -hmm. you know, like what is a penny given to a King? Right. What is 30 seconds given to love on somebody? Mm -hmm. And I love that. Like, Imagine if we were to posture, imagine if I was to posture in my life in a way where I can bring myself to a place of humility to receive all types of gifts, you know, like someone gives to you, right? Like they do something, a kind gesture for you, and maybe they didn't do it well or excellently at all. Almost like a father receives a, an awful photo right. of drawing mm-hmm. from their child. Sure. And it's bad and you know <laughs> it, yet you receive it 
out of love and kindness because you understand the heart behind it and you and you see that and that's what i love is that he receives our gifts so well yeah he's all about that and like even like what is perfume broken on his feet like it's it's to him to him there's much more than that like Mm -hmm. the amount Mm -hmm. and so i'm just thinking like even to a non-believer or anybody like they open the door for you and maybe they don't even do it the best but you honor them yeah. and you love them yeah you know you call them up and it's it's a beautiful thing when you can lower yourself to receive any kind of gift amen that's like why it's so powerful on mission trips you eat the food they give you it's the best they can mm-hmm. give you yeah and yeah. so like the act of humility is to receive all gifts and value them from the level of the person giving them right yeah. you know and that's why jesus emphasizes so much when the penny was given because the value behind what was given was more important than the amount that was given. Yeah. You know, because he saw the heart he and that's it. a lot of times we, as people are afraid to step out because we're like, well, I, if, if I do something, it better be worth it. Right. Cause right. I don't want to waste my life. I don't want to waste my love mm-hmm. on somebody else. Man, that's not up to you. Yeah. That's not up to you. Like why sometimes I thought I'm like, Lord, why would I do that? And, I, the only explanation I could come up with is like, well, reputation, you know, like, what, what am I known for? Man, I, when you read the scripture, it says he made himself of no reputation. Yeah. Yeah. He, he spent time, like, remember when he's talking about it, he's like, hey, these, the Pharisees are, are doing these things like what we deem righteous mm-hmm. in front of other people to be yeah. noticed. Wow. And he says, no, that's not the point. My goal is to touch the ones who will touch other lives. Yeah. And so he goes for the people that nobody notices. And he's like, I'm doing this because I don't need the reputation. I know who I am. Mm-hmm. And when, when I start seeing that, my, what I want to be known for is not, yeah. what, not for how much I did that everybody, I, I don't need accolades if you get the heart of God. Yeah, it's like right. we think about it right now. Like what's going to, what should, how should I start right now? Like for anybody even listening, what do I do right now? Where do I start? Mm. You start by saying, God, it's not what I do with, with, my, with my deeds right now. Give me your heart first. Mm-hmm. Because when you give me your heart, when I become one with you, you can trust your own heart. So if I mm-hmm. get your heart, you can, you can trust my heart yeah. with it. And your heart you can tell me anything souls. you want. And then I'm so in tune with you. Mm-hmm. I hear you everywhere. I, I, I see the brokenhearted. And it doesn't, it's not a job. Mm-hmm. I'm not on missions. Yeah. I'm, I am who I am. Yeah. Somebody might yeah. call it missionary work. Mm-hmm. It's just being a Christian. Your heart becomes it's just being a heart. lover. Your desires become his desires. That's right. Yeah, Apostle Paul talks about, he says, I walk with purpose in every step. Yeah. He mm-hmm. says, I do whatever it takes for just another soul. That's right. I love yeah. how in one chapter, he's talking about the people that keep the law and the people that live by grace. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look, if somebody's living by the law, he's like, honor them because they're doing it from a heart to honor God out of love, love to him. And then he mm-hmm. says, and same thing for those who live by grace. Yeah. He says, they do that to honor God. So he said, so if you live by the law, honor those who live by grace. Mm-hmm. And if you live by grace, honor those who live by the law. Mm-hmm. But he says, here's the one thing. He says, if there is somebody that even won't eat meat, when I'm around them, I won't eat meat. Why? For the sake of, you know, getting on their level and being able to, to you know, them have an open heart with that purpose. Yeah. And he's, if there's somebody that doesn't eat meat, if there's somebody that doesn't do this, I won't do it around them either. And the question is, is there anything in us that 
we're not willing to give up for the sake of others. Is there something in my life today? Am I willing to give time to people? Am I willing to give up? Like, can I become a vegetarian? Probably not. So. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Lord <laughs> yeah. uh, help. Like, like in First Peter, he talks about it. He says, don't let your freedom become yeah. something that where, where your freedom is like a stumbling block to someone else. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's, it's live in that place. And, and that's the cool thing about it. We, we think we have to go through these, all these schools. And, and the only school you really need is to become like him, yeah. which is become like love. Yeah. Because you, you, you fill out the whole, yeah. the law is fulfilled in this one thing, love God, love people. And you start figuring that out. You're like, okay, so if I love, I don't have to worry about my coworker and antagonizing him because he doesn't eat meat. I don't have to try to put bacon in his lunch, sneak it in there because mm-hmm. I think it's funny because I love the guy. And you know what? It's not even a stumbling block to me. Man, if I'm free from that, don't worry about it. It's I'm free for, for what yeah. I worship God. You worship God? Amazing. You love God the way you do? <laughs> it's, it's not even about like, absolutely you know, like dying to yourself. You know, like you, we'll, we'll say that, like you got to die right. to yourself, you know, die to your flesh, like, mm-hmm. you know, be all things to man, you know, but like, it's simply just like you're letting honor fill the room, right? Like if you were to walk into the throne room of a king yeah. and the king wanted you to take your shoes off, I know you'd take your shoes off, you know, just like how I'm sure if you were to meet the president or if you were to meet anyone of high, of high statue, you would you know, you would dress your best, right? And it's not about dressing your best or whatever it is, but like we 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 let the room fill with honor, whether that's going lower or that's going higher. Yeah. You know what I and mean? And honor's in that place, not even that the king demands that you take your shoes off. Honor is in your heart and you do things extravagantly without even being yeah. expect expected right. of you because you take your shoes off because you're like oh my goodness and i'm not taking yeah. shoes off is just a well i think honor goes both ways sure honor honor calls us to come down to humility and honor also comes us calls us up to high standard that's of right. both ways you know there are times to dress up and there are times to dress down that's right and then you we look at that we see a, a really good example of that in washing someone's feet right yeah we maybe you know we don't practice that as like i i grew up in a place where it was practiced every month before everybody did communion, because even communion was like once a month, and everybody washed each other's feet. And yet, in that act, it became so religious, which it's such a beautiful thing. It became so religious where I would see people washing each other's feet and then be at each other's throats like the next day. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what is this purpose? But what it's showing is, man, like we, we had an opportunity uh, last weekend, actually, we were with a few brothers, just we had a getaway, and we, we just, the brothers that never even experienced this, we brought out some tubs and we started washing their feet. And what that does is, man, it's not expected. That's it's the most beautiful thing. When it's not like, this is an obligation. In fact, it's the far, farthest thing on somebody's mind. And yet when you do this, it breaks something off. Like you said, it's the receiving and allowing somebody to do that for you. You know, the hardest part about that is actually sitting down and letting somebody yeah. wash your feet, mm-hmm. especially for a man, seems like. But yet there's a place where... A, a, when you get on your knees and you wash somebody else's feet, it does something to them. It, you're literally raising the bar for them and saying, you know what? I'm in this place where I get to do this. I'm honoring you. It has nothing to do with me washing your feet. It has everything to do with saying, I honor you as a, as a person. I'm going to speak life over you. I'm going to call you out to places you've, you might not have even thought of on your own. I'm going to bless your feet. I'm going to bless who you are as a man. I'm going to bless who you are as a person, as an entity of, of God, like yeah. just as a, as a child of God. 
And all of a sudden that place of honor, it was never expected, yeah. but it does something, transforms a person. That's like the best part too, is like our King, Jesus, right? The best part oh. about him is not only is he generous, but he knows how to receive a gift from someone else. Yeah. And I feel like that's sometimes the hardest thing is receiving a gift because it requires honor to be reciprocated yeah. back. And sometimes it's really, it's sometimes like it, it goes both ways, you know, sometimes it's really hard to give, <laughs> you know, but that's just selfishness or just like, you know, you're, you're withdrawing yourself. And you're like, well, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I don't need to give it. You know what I mean? But it's not about needing to give it or having to give it. It's all about like, again, the posture of our heart of like wanting to give it. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I would enjoy to give, like right. the purpose of my life is to give, you know, but one of the most generous things we can do in our life is receive a gift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because sometimes God leads someone to give for their own heart. It's not even for the person receiving it. That's right. And so if we could be vessels and people who can receive a gift well for the sake of another, you know, it may be $10, but for them, it's a stepping stone for them in their walk. But like if we can receive that with grace and humility and be like well we could be like oh it's just five dollars it's nothing <laughs> like why does why do i need that like just send it away yeah. you know like i'll just give it to another person yeah. but learning to humble ourselves and be like because like when you get in a place where you give you could see it that way where it's like you've given and like you're a generous person in your heart and you know you're not doing it for anything but like you get used to a level of giving yeah and you see it from other people and well, you're like, well, it's like you're comparing it, and, you know? And now going back to what you mentioned earlier, you mentioned first love. We yeah. sometimes forget about that. Well, here's the whole idea is we talked about this, Sam, when you asked, asked me about that. Man, it's that time of intimacy. Man, God's saying it's not for it's for me to love on you. You think it's me dedicating time for you, mm. yet uh, the whole time... I'm asking you go into your secret place, go into your closet, go into your truck, whatever that may be, is for me to love on you. Yeah. And the first love, I literally see it this way. It says, no one loves God first until he is loved by God because it's the love of God. He's, for he so loved the world that he gave. Yeah. We didn't do anything. And so that's the place. It's like, man, we have to be in a constant place of receiving. It's don't go into the secret place because you feel you're going to please God. Go into the secret place because it pleases him to to lavish on yeah. you the first it's his, love, it's and then it's a reciprocation. It's, it's a big yeah. It's it's allowing him to pursue us. Yeah, we sometimes feel that it's us pursuing him, and he says, yeah. "No, the whole time it's me pursuing you." Yeah, just just allow me to pursue you. Yeah. go into that place. Your life will start changing. People around you will start changing because of that. You won't even have to try. In fact, you'll be surprised when people start changing around you. Mm. You'll be like, "What did I do? Not much. You just became more like him." And because of that, it, it it transforms people's lives. It transforms their eyes. It opens their eyes. It opens their ears. They'll hear you without you talking. Yeah. And they'll start asking. Yeah. Yeah. And that's purpose. When you find that out, you're like, this is so worth living. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you're like, man, I better I I better put value on my own life because yeah. if he put value on my life, I'll never let the enemy lie to me to such a degree where my life is not worth it. Yeah. Where it's it's not worth living. No, it's worth living because there's other lives at stake. Yeah. It was never about my life. It was about theirs. Yeah. It's like the most honoring thing to ever hear like about your own life is that you reflected Jesus. Yeah. Not in a church setting, Absolutely. but at your job. Absolutely. But in your Where you can't get accolades. In your household. 
<laughs> yeah, you can't get accolades. You're not on a stage. Yeah. You know, your greatest stage that you have is at the every day, like That's every right. day stacked on each other and mm-hmm. shown to somebody. Yeah. You know? And, and what greater stage is there than when you become a family person, right? A family man, a yeah. family woman. And your own family gets to experience that love on the on the first before anybody else does. Because if somebody else receives it, that's that's amazing. But if you left your own, man, that's that's <laughs> I look at it as, as as this. I get to practice on my family, they get to receive the best. And but I then I go, get to go and do it to other people. Mm-hmm. But my family gets to experience it on the on the level and I get to practice my love, generosity, sacrificial love before I even go out there. And I I believe God calls us to that place where he's like, make sure before you go do it to someone else, you learn how to do it on an intimate level to your own yeah. family. Yeah. Again, maybe it goes back to the same place. It's the people who you get accustomed to. Don't let that become a place yeah. of just tradition it's and true. just getting used like to Like how this. well you love right. the closest people around you is only how well you're going to love Christ. That's right. You know? That's right. That's it's It's just a reflection of that. And so wanting to love God more I guess comes to a way of like first like there's nothing more defeating to the people around you who love you than when you don't receive a gift well yeah because they're trying you know like that's the hard that's the worst thing you could ever do is defeat someone when they're trying yeah it may be nothing and it may be like to you it might be you know trash but I feel like the kingdom says you know let let no man's treasures ever become trash mm-hmm. to you. You know, like there's that saying like um, another man's uh, garbage is another man's treasure or right. whatever, well, however man, yeah. they say it. But like in the kingdom, not the case. Let every man's treasure yeah. never be garbage to you That's in right. your eyes. That's Let good. it always come down to the level of them and be like, well, this is a treasure. And like that, that's like a sign of maturity mm-hmm. to be like, okay, like this, I can tell this is tough for them. Mm-hmm. And that's like awareness and being like aware of aware of the room, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like you walk into a room, you should be our the first thing we should do should be like gauging the room and being like, why well, that person, you know, yeah, they look like they could use love. That person looks like they could use love. Before even like getting onto the job site, like you said, like yeah. just being aware of that, like before I even start working, let me first like give attention to the people right. in the vicinity, you know, and, on and the job site or whatever it is. And here's the thing about a, per- a person who understand who gets to that place where they understand their purpose. When they come into an atmosphere, like you said, they come in because they have purpose. They come in not letting the atmosphere shift them. They come in shifting the atmosphere because they purpose in their in their heart already, way before they even got there, that they're an atmosphere changer, that I'm not, I'm not in a haughty way, like haughty, like proud way, like, oh yeah, I'm an atmosphere changer. No, just because of who I am yeah. and I understand who I am, I walk into a situation and I never let the situation dictate my emotions, how I feel. If I come into a place that spiritually feels dry and in fact, to some might feel draining, it's only draining because they're allowing, the person is allowing themselves to be drained. Hmm. Man, nobody can spiritually drain you. Last time I checked, it says my cup is running over. Mm-hmm. It's filled to the yeah. brim and it's running over. You can't even play 
in my cup because it's flowing, overflowing. So why, where are you getting to a place where it's draining you? Because you allow yourself to be drained. But with the right mindset, with the right perspective, if you're a man with a purpose, a woman with a purpose, if you have that inside your heart, you come in and everybody gets to drink from, from what you have instead of you getting sucked dry yeah. by an atmosphere that's yeah. empty. Oh, it's spiritually dead. I can't spend any time here. Man, are you kidding me? You can go to Portland into any restaurant, into any place that you deem like spiritually dry and the atmosphere can overtake you if you allow it. Or you can yeah. come in there with a degree of, of, of not even trying. That's just who you are of joy and happiness and who, how you even talk to the people. Don't be loud and boisterous because that's, you're trying to do something. You just be joyful and, and talk to people like they have value and people start noticing yeah. that and Prep, you, you could captivate that. Even like, yeah. Like prepping the ground for another, you know, like you're just, right. you're prepping it. Right. Like it's a team, you know, like the world won't be changed by one person, That's right. but only by a collective of people who want to see the world changed. That's right. You know, no one can do it by themselves. I don't have to come into a, re a restaurant. I don't have to come into a little coffee shop and save everybody. And but I think there are times where like you'll get on a table. And absolutely. Like, absolutely. Like, I, yeah. I, I've, had, I've had moments like that. But, there's, but my goal is always to plant seeds. Man, yeah. drop them everywhere you go. Have your bags full of holes so that they're mm -hmm. spilling out themselves. <laughs> just, and you don't even notice. I love that term. I'm a leaky Christian. Why? Because everybody around me gets wet wherever I walk. a big leaky faucet. Yeah, it's not my fault. <laughs> and, it's, and, 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 and in that, again, going back to yeah. that place of there's all of a sudden there's no pressure. Mm -hmm. It's just who I am. Yeah. I have no performance. My performance yeah. is being happy. That's hard yeah. <laughs> when I know who I am. But if I don't, absolutely. Yeah. Then I have to try, strive. Yeah. Hey, we're back to strive. Yeah. And I guess it comes, I even comes back. I think we were talking about it in the car earlier, actually. We were talking about like what perfection is because, you know, through all things, like through Christ, we're made perfect. And we're talking about like, you know, living a sold out life for Christ and all of these things. And like, what is the, a model Christian and what does that look like? And how do I walk through my life and portray a Christian who loves Jesus and sees lives changed around me? And like, you know, like I'm dead to sin, you know, like Romans a like Romans, just Romans as a whole, right. like we're just dead to sin and it's done and we're a new creation and Christ lives inside of us and we have the Holy Spirit and we're, you know, we're, we're more than, you know, I think it's Romans eight. I mean, Romans we're we're more than conquerors too. Right. And like all of these things that are boldly proclaimed, proclaimed over our life. And like, why is it that like some days, we're defeated some days we're good some days we're defeated but like the bible says that we're made perfect you know what i mean and to say that like it's it's you know he's not flawed like it's no. true what what he said is it's done it's finished like we were we were buried we were resurrected we were crucified with him like we've been made whole and like we are perfect yeah and w talking about like perspective like yesterday like every day I can choose to be perfect. It's not by my perfection. Right. Like just this picture of like, I am perfect though my actions are not perfect. Like I made 20 mistakes, but I'm still perfect. And perfection is found through renewal of our, of our minds. It's him renewing us and saying you're perfect today. What the, what, what, the, what the scripture? You, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Like the things, the things we mess up on, that's not what determines our perfection. But it's it's him and what he says about us. Right. It's who we are, you know, because we're we're gonna make mistakes every day. 
you know, well, like, and that, and that's, and here's the thing. I don't even like to, to use that language. I'm going to make mistakes every day. Here's why. Because what, what he's doing. I mean, like you, maybe like on a, like a, like, sure. like on, like on work or whatever. Sure. Not sure. like, not like, uh, like intern, like, like anger or we're not talking about that kind of stuff. Just like mistakes in, throughout the day. In essence, what you're looking at is like what you're saying in Romans, what he's doing yeah. is he's setting the bar high for me. And he's saying, it's, I set it high for you to reach it. Don't live. If I start believing what he set for me, I'm going to start living up to that without noticing. At first, it, it might be a place where I'm like, Lord, okay, I need to, like, remember we started, like, it might, it might take you as a discipline until you fall in love with that place where it leaves the place of discipline and it becomes a place of a pursuit yeah. of, of hunger drives more hunger. So the more you taste right. it, the more you're like, I'm hungry for more of this. And you, when you start living that life, when you start falling in love, you start noticing how your old habits change without you trying. Yeah. And you're not expecting and waiting to fail. 100%. And you start seeing it, notice. And that's the, I believe that's exactly what you mean. You start noticing it less and less, or it gets to a place where you are like, you look back a year or two back at your life and you're like, man, my life has changed. And I had very little to do with it. The only thing I had to do with it was start believing what he's speaking about me. Yeah. Because what the scripture says, not when you sin, yep. if you if sin. You sin. Yeah. He literally, it's deliberate. It's on purpose. Yeah. He says, if you sin, there is an advocate. Because if saying that's not who you are, I'm calling you to who you are. But yeah. if you stumble along the way, man, you have an advocate. Just don't let that define you. Keep going. Get up and yeah. run. And that's what changes this. So it's not a place of, of, of it's not a blasphemous place saying, I'm, I, I, I'm dead to sin. I walk in it no longer. That's how Paul actually says it. He's like, it's, it's a place of actually believing. Should I believe what God says or should I believe what the world says? Should I believe what the enemy's trying to tell me or should I believe what, what am I putting higher? I choose to put God yeah. higher. And in doing that, it's calling me to that place of, uh, it calls me out of that place where I don't see sin in my life holding me to the degree that it used to. And then it gets to a place where I don't see it at all in my life because it's, it no longer entices me at all. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> you told me you were going to ask me a question to put me on the spot. I'm ready. <laughs> Say it, Sam. <laughs> I'm not ready. I'm just... Where are we? Yeah. I think we kind of went over it. No, we talked about it at lunch. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> she kind of went over where when, when we talk about purpose, yeah. it's not about what am I going to be doing? Like, well, because so many people, so many people, let's just say like 18 year olds where it's like, you know, I'll I'm finishing it, up, Sam. I'm finishing up high school. Um, I need to have my life figured out as far as work. Uh, my parents are saying I need to get married. I need to go to college. I need to, have to figure out what, what is my dream job. Am I going to get married right now? Like as far as purpose, people, there's always like this cloud, like, and we're just thinking like, what, what's a practical way? Like, how do I find my purpose in that sense where it's like, uh, I need to get married right now. I need to go to school. Maybe, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm a boy that's 18 years old. I've been mm -hmm. doing construction for a couple of years. Like, mm -hmm. do I go to college? Um, I'm a girl that was in Bible school and I'm still not married. I'm a, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm a, I totally get it. Just yeah. like that I just practical. did two years of Bible college and I'm not married yet. Yeah. What the what is going on? What is yeah. my purpose? Right. <laughs> here's here's uh. the, here's the thing. If you, anything out of I believe anything out of pressure, you have to be careful of. Mm -hmm. It starts with probably first and foremost with religion, because that's going to dictate how you think, what your heart, how your heart is shaped, how you believe the way you process things. 
when you have pressure to get married because we set a standard that by this age, if you haven't married, you failed. First of all, that's not love speaking. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that. I understand good intentions, even from parents. And I'm like, Lord, I have kids growing up. Help me get to that place where I don't do that to my kids. Mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll say this. Make sure you find purpose in your life first. Right. Before you bring somebody else in it. And before you have a chance to, at worst, cripple somebody. At best, just take them through a rough ride of creating scars on their lives that will heal, that you'll get through. But why? Find purpose in who you are first to bring it into a marriage so that your own marriage, if you, if you got married out of place of, of pressure, your own marriage and that other person won't define you. Because when you get married and you haven't found your own purpose, you'll tend to look for that other person and, and put expectations on them, which they can never fulfill. But if you know who you are before you get into that place, before you tie the knot, as we call it, mm-hmm. and you already know who you are, you can only make that person better. Right. And they can only make you better because you have no expectation on them. And even if, let's say, they don't know who they are, because one, and one person, it takes one to understand this, and it's all over. There's no bickering. There's no fighting. There's no anger. Yeah, there's disagreements, absolutely. But if one person understands this, when one person understands love, the equation's over. It takes two to tango. It takes one to make peace. Mm. So if, if, if I would say this to anybody who's listening, who, who's in that place, and they feel the pressure, maybe not even somebody, maybe not, not their parents saying it, maybe not, not their friends saying it. Like, when are you going to get married? Like I was joking with you earlier. Mm-hmm. The idea is, is don't wait and don't look for that person until you know who you are because you should love that person enough to say, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not in that place where I understand myself yet. And I'm going to hurt you by trying to find my identity and drawn from you, right. which you can never fulfill. Do you understand what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And then that, in that you st- you can actually have the highest regard to that person, affect them the best in their life. And your marriage becomes this beautiful, uh, synch- synchronized one instead of, one person hurt, the other person hurt, and we're all bickering, fighting our way until we mm-hmm. stumble upon something good. Yeah. You can't stumble upon something mm-hmm. good like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. So when, so Sam, when are you gonna get married, <laughs> <laughs> bro? Uh, you're you're twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm a little behind according. He's to some a little questions. behind according. To, yeah. I'm, I'd say I'm disappointing in, my parents already. What do I do? <laughs> How do I how do I how do I bring myself to this meeting place with them? Do they understand? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. You know, here's here's one here's one danger about um, finding somebody when you feel the pressure to get married is when you're when you're doing that, you're see your the the mentality in your mind is who can I live with? Mm-hmm. And that's a very dangerous place because mm-hmm. you can find a lot of people you can live with, but when you are when you know who you are, when you understand what you stand for, you find a person you can't live without. And when you find that person, you'll do anything mm. to make that work. You'll do anything to sacrifice your own life because you can make it work with anybody. But then yeah. when God lays it on your heart and you're like, this person is the one who I want to do life with, this person I'll lay my life down. 
I can I can make it work with with anybody, but I don't want to. Why would you even want to put yourself into that position? Mm-hmm. And when I'm searching, my mind is clouded because I have certain parameters for it. When I'm searching for him, when I know him, that person, when that person comes along, it'll be like in that that story of the gem, you find that pearl and you're like, mm-hmm. yes, this I'm going after. Yeah. You know what I mean? Your mind is clear. You're not in this and you're not, you don't have parameters that somebody else has to, has to meet. Mm-hmm. You're like, once you understand who you are, that other person has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. And so you, it's the most clear place where your heart starts telling you, this is the person you can't live without. Mm-hmm. If you have guidelines and rules, you will always try to like, okay, this person doesn't meet that. that doesn't, okay, this person, yeah, we can meet like 60% <laughs> of them will make the other 40 conform and work for us man, you're setting yourself up and them. Mm-hmm. So in that place, uh, don't cloud your judgment by by having a pressure on you to find someone. Mm-hmm. To It'll all come. our Slavs, be renewed. <laughs> <laughs> to all of us. Be renewed. Shoot. What about in, in the sense of maybe work? Say, like, like I said, 18-year-olds leaving school, mm-hmm. trying to figure out, okay, I need to start working. This is... I need to start a business. Yeah, yeah, I need to figure this out. What What am I going to go to college for four years for? Just yeah. that. I feel like it's a big worry for yeah, so many. Yeah, I feel many. like too much identity is put behind what you do. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. But I mean, it is something that you wake up and do every single day for eight hours. For sure. It, it, it comes from a place of us um, growing up in households where that was a, a lot of emphasis yeah. was put on that. Yeah. And it. I'm just going to speak from my own experience. I know what I went through. I went to, after school, during school, I enjoyed anything that had to do with hands-on. Mm-hmm. I loved, one of my favorites, like I already mentioned, was woodshop because I loved working with, with like creating things, building things. But when I was, when I just graduated high school, my dad really pushed me to go in, into anything. He's like, hey, technology is the new thing. You have to go in, mm-hmm. into, into something, some kind of field in technology. So I went to school, I went to college for two years I went through two years of college for something I absolutely couldn't stand. Hmm. I couldn't, I hated it from the minute I, I started it. <laughs> and I'm like, finally, I came to the point where I'm like, what am I doing? I'm doing something to please someone. And I, and I honor and respect my dad. But you know what? This is my life that I need to live. And what I found out is like, when I, when I changed my career, when I changed what I how I saw it, and I, I went into construction just because I, I loved it, not because I still love it every day. That's, mm-hmm. that's why I went, that's why I'm in it. I challenge people who are in that place. What is your passion? What is, what is something that you love doing? It doesn't matter what it is. As long as you love what you're doing, you're going to succeed in it. Go into it loving Jesus because you're like, oh, I'm not going to fulfill my purpose if I don't do this, this, and this. I'm teaching my kids, my oldest son, Lucas. I'm like, Lucas, I don't want you to be, have a, just, just settle for something. I want you to have a passion for something. But let's say that passion is being, picking up garbage every week. Mm-hmm. If you love Jesus and you love people along the way and you touch lives yeah. while you're doing it, you're in your purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you enjoy it, because you understand who you are. Your job becomes so secondary. It's, right. well, I want to be an engineer. Go be an engineer and love Jesus. Right. Well, I want to be a nurse. Go be a nurse and love people mm-hmm. and, and bring Jesus to them. Yeah. I want to be in fashion. Go do that. Mm-hmm. Just bring Jesus along. Mm-hmm. Make sure he's the center of your life. 
Wow. You'll never miss your purpose in going after anything if he's the center. Because the purpose was never your career. In, in this world, we've made that. What is your purpose? Well, we always tie it to the career. No, that's never the career. For us as people, if I tie it to loving people, whatever I do, it doesn't matter. Mm. I always fulfill my purpose. There it is. And then you get to enjoy life. And there it is. Yeah. Elijah, thank you so much. We're just going to end with that. End with a bang. Cool. That sounds good to me. I have received so much from that. We love having you. We got to have you again. But. I mean, I had like 20 minutes of soaking before this. Just like. <laughs> For the first twenty yeah. minutes, it's like a good, yes. just like it's always good. Turn off my brain for a little. That's bit. That's always good. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we switched off. That's good. Awesome. Yeah, we'll just good to be it. here with you guys. I enjoy. If it you're so looking much. for a profession, we're all called to be fishermen. Yeah. Fishers of man. Yeah. So when in doubt, just pick up fishing. Pick up your rod. <laughs> right. Pick it up. Go fish for some people. Um. That'd be legit. You Let know. yourself get caught first so you fall in love and then it's good, oh, wow. natural. Oh, wow. Stop it. Stop, Elijah. Stop it. <laughs> Learn what it means to get hooked, then hooked. That's Shoot. right. Stop it. That's right. <laughs> That's good, guys. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank yes. you, Elijah. We love you. Thank you. We love you all our Father. listeners. We hope you received just as much as we have. Yes. God bless. And we will see you next week. Praise God.